If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of... Is this place haunted... And we are coming from quite different states. I'm in Edinburgh, sweating my tits off. Lauren is also sweating her tits uh-huh. off, but she's drunk in America. Yeah, honestly. I'm in Caldor, which is fabulous, but Christ, it's so hot, honestly. She's got shite ears on. Shite icons and shite earphones, honestly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, honestly, it's supposed to be like, less than 10 degrees in here and it honestly feels like a furnace honestly it's so, oh. so hot but you're drinking a Bacardi so Beezer no Smirnoff Ice yeah Smirnoff Ice I had Bacardi Beezer earlier I had a watermelon and I, I also had a watermelon that reminds me of holidays so much yeah so I had a watermelon I had a a lime I think and I'm gonna go down to the shop the local shop soon and get more um, what do you call it? What's the thing that everyone used to drink back in the day? It's like hooch. They've got a hooch here. I fucking love hooch. Yeah, so I'm going to have a bit of hooch. Well, this week's mm-hmm. episode, I have researched Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Do you know about it, Lauren? So yes, of course I do. I've seen Do you think I'm going to tell you new information or do you know quite a lot about it? Not that much about it. Waverly Hills is like the kind of like it's the tuberculosis kind of like 
um, th- like that's why they opened it up in- initially. Yeah. And then there's one episode of Ghost Adventures, and I think it's either Waverly Hills or one of the other like um, haunted kind of go- like what are the sort of hospitals to go to? Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing there's a really distinctive hand comes out and tries to grab at Zach. Does that not happen on this one? I don't, I don't. Is it Two Ale Hospital or something, or Two Ale? Mm, it, it might be. It might be. It's one of them hospitals where one of the sort of old women buy it and they're like, "I just bought this for investment or whatever," and it turns out it's you're massively haunted and she can't live in it. But, not uh, that like, one. It's not that one. No, is it not? Right. Okay. No. Cool. But I was listening to the patron scene of my life last week. Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to bring her a name up because we talk about it far too much, but um, I was listening to her last week and she was talking about um, haunted hospitals or something like that. And um, High Waverly Hills, I'm pretty sure, came up and I was like, we're, we're doing that next week. Thanks. Yeah. It's so interesting. So I'm going to talk a little bit about like the history, why it was built. I'm going to talk a little bit about tuberculosis because I'm a medicine geek and then I'm going on to the ghosts. It's so cool. I know something really, really. It's so creepy, but also, do you want to know something really, really cool about me? Uh-huh. My granny, my dad's mother, who's who lives in West Folder and is still alive and kicking, she had tuberculosis and didn't know. That happened to my nana as well. <laughs> really? Oh, my God, there's so many things. It's actually, just to, to get a bit of a geek for a minute, it's actually really common for that to happen. I really had it. Like smoking the- She's like smoking fags, whatever. Like, hey, that's ain't here, no. And everyone's like, "Where look at her?" It's so like you get latent TB, which is like you still have it in your lung, but you just are like kind of live with it. But it's quite hard to diagnose. Oh my god, I'm going to be all geeky. It's quite hard to diagnose because they need a specific test and specific conditions to grow the bacteria. And a really good sample is all. It's really hard to diagnose, so you can see why it was so deadly back in the day, before antibiotics. And even now, you like need antibiotics for six months to get rid of it. Well, apparently, Granny had it in like years and years and years ago, and didn't know. Apparently, she would just sit here, like just live with it, and that was it. Mad. I mean, I'm glad she's okay. And she's fine. Plus, COVID was like a laugh for her. She was like, proper like, COVID, no bother at all. Like, I've lived through TV, honey. So, we're all good. (laughs) So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Waverly Hills. So, it's in Louisville, Kentucky. So, I will have a southern accent sometimes in this episode. The land that it was built on was purchased by a major in the US Army called Thomas Hayes. His family lived there. There's actually a weird synchronicity coming up. Wait, wait for you here. So he was quite rich and built on the ground a house for his family and a one-room school for his children to attend. So his daughters attended a school that he had built and he hired them just to teach her for them. And their name was Miss Harris. And she absolutely loved Sir Walter Scott and his novels. <gasps> Which ones? Well, wait till I get onto it. But we have a Scots monument in Edinburgh named after him, obviously. So she named um, the schoolhouse Waverly School. Yay! After it, she loved the tranquility of the name. And I'm like, if you went to Waverly Station now, honey. We are so, <laughs> to be fair, we are so influential as Scottish people. Like, it's, I know, it's hard to be influencers everywhere you go. I know, um, it's like, oh, it's probably like, oh, after the station. 
Real Housewives of Waverly Station. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real Housewives of Waverly Station. Love it. <laughs> so he he loved that name. Thought it was tranquil, and he named the land Waverly Hills, and so Waverly Hills was born. So there's actually an Edinburgh mm. moment in there, which I'm like, mm, feels like a thing, Love it. Play, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, it was founded in 1910 as a tuberculosis hospital uh, in Jefferson mm-hmm. County in Kentucky had the most severe outbreak of tuberculosis at the time. They had the highest death rates in the whole of the US. And it was oh thought that, that was because there were so many wetlands throughout it. Like they were so humid and there was the whole mm-hmm. Ohio River. And because of that, it was just perfect conditions for the tuberculosis bacterium to thrive, which is mycobacterium tuberculosis. And mm-hmm. it's very slow growing. Like I said before, super difficult to diagnose. So all of these things make it a really a nightmare illness, especially at the time before antibiotics. So £25,000 was provided by the city of Louisville to build a hospital for tuberculosis specifically. And that's about 8000 25 grand in dollars. That's brilliant. in today's money is 800 grand. <gasps> that's still that pretty good, to be honest. That isn't that much to build a hospital. That's fine, actually. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, eight hundred grand for a whole ho- for a hospital yeah. with nurses, staff. Uh, the two story sanatorium was built from wood, which to me doesn't make sense. Um, and it had a big admin building. It was completely open air, so they had two open air wards or pavilions, which what they called them. And each at this time had twenty patients in them, and they were really keen for fresh air to circulate because this is how they treat tuberculosis back in the day with with fresh air um and what was really important was like good diet fresh air sunlight this was all the things they thought would treat tuberculosis Mm -hmm. so 1912 showed the biggest influx of patients um to the point where all patients with tuberculosis from the city hospital were eventually relocated to waverly hills and had to be placed in tents on the ground whilst the other facilities were built for the amount of people that needed them a hospital for advanced tuberculosis was opened later that year in 1912, and that was 40 more patients that were allowed in. But unfortunately, cases rose and rose and rose and rose, and they needed to build somewhere for the children to go. So this could be children who had tuberculosis or whose parents were unwell or died from tuberculosis and had nowhere to go. So by that point, it had risen to 130 from 40, which is quite crazy. Yeah, what a shame, honestly. And so, yeah, like I said, the treatment at that time was a well-balanced diet, a lot of fresh air, sunshine, and they tried some surgical methods, which with the magic Mm. of hindsight, people will be like, why the fuck are you doing that? But I think they, like, with what they had at the time, they thought it would help. Yeah. I remember... Um, sorry to interrupt. I remember um, when I first like read about Waverly Hills and stuff like that, and I thought it was quite idyllic because it's like they seem to have these kind of it's almost like a row of balconies, don't they, on the outside yeah, yeah, yeah. of the kind of. I don't know if you talk about this later in the episode, but like it's so people could be exposed to so much air, and the beds would be facing out towards the sort of green and stuff like that. And I remember thinking like that's it's quite a good idea to be honest with you because it's like it's like you know fresh air and sort of exposure to sunlight and stuff, you know. So they called them um, the solariums. That's what they called them. So they could get sunlight ah. and, and fresh air. But they did it every single damn day, no matter the temperature. 
Oh, right. Okay. So right, it could be okay. like minus degrees and they would still sit outside. But I agree with you, like on a principle, it's a good idea to get fresh air. The yeah. older hospitals are kind of like, because my, my grandfather was in old Bangor, which I know we've both been to and stuff like that. And, um, and I've never been like, they had these really, really high ceilings with really, really large windows and being like, so it's that old school where you've got the oxygen flowing through and stuff yeah. like that. It's like, I think there's something in it though. I do think there is something in that. Oh, for sure. So some surgical methods that they tried that they thought would make sense, which I know sounds like kind of batshit now. Um, So they often did thoracoplasty, which is basically when they remove some ribs. And the thought is that they would be able to make your lungs expand more, which would oxygenate you better. If you had this done, your chance of surviving it was 5%. So bad. They often intentionally punctured lungs with the thought that deflating the lung would let it heal. What? I know. I know. I, I really think they were trying. Like, I don't want to be a beefer, but my God. Mm. Um, they also sometimes let the lungs be exposed to UV light. That, and that was to try and stop the spread of bacteria done in sunrooms. So like we were talking about, but in these rooms, they used artificial light in place of sunlight. But sometimes it was on, on the roof or on the porches as well. They thought fresh air was a possible cure. So they basically placed all the patients in front of windows or on the open porches, like you said. But no matter the season, they put them outside. And I mentioned before the building was made of wood, which I was like, this doesn't sound like it's making a lot of sense. And I was correct. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's not the most durable and they had to constantly upkeep and repair the building. So they had to construct a whole second building which was five stories high and then 400 and more patients could move in. And this was a completely fully functional hospital for TB until they discovered streptomycin at the time, which is a treatment for TB, which we don't use on the NHS, they actually use other ones. But anyway, cases depleted gradually and the sanatorium closed in 1961. Interestingly, before we get into the ghosties, there was a few other things that it was so it was also what was called Woodhaven Geriatric Centre so this was a nursing home um, from I think 1962 after it was closed Um, so patients who had any disabilities or dementia or functional decline were housed there it was horrendously overcrowded completely understaffed so they'd gone completely over capacity for the amount of people they could look after in there because they were just completely overrun by people and they were inspected and reports of patient neglect were so high that actually a lawsuit from the state closed it because the abuse was so bad. There's been reports of mistreatment, medical experiments being performed on patients who couldn't consent. ECT treatment was commonly used on the patients, often immediately. I am going to say something that might get some beef and I'm willing to take on board, right? But Go for it. ECT is uh-huh. the most effective treatment for severe depression. Right. Before you, before we get into it, what does ECT stand for? for, for so folk? it stands for Alexo... Con- oh. No, it doesn't stand uh-huh. for Alexa. Electroconvulsive Alexa. Treatment <laughs> or Therapy and Alexa. And Alexa. And basically, so- it induces a seizure, is basically what it does. So it basically... Nowadays, you would get an anaesthetic. They put to sleep. They would induce a seizure with kind of shocks, and there's certain shock levels that you get prescribed. And it basically, yeah, induces a seizure. You come around from the seizure, 
you wake up from anesthetic and like I've seen people who can even like speak from depression walk out the door happy like it's wild but I think that the issue is like it was barbaric back in the day the way they did it like nowadays it's much more humane the way it's done and it really does help and it's a last resort but it helps but it's really interesting like from learning about like psychotherapies and stuff it's the same idea with like they used to use insulin shock therapy so they basically inject people with insulin so their blood sugar ran so low that they would induce a seizure as well so it's kind of like the same idea although i'm totally i'm not saying it was okay to give easy tea to these people i'm not saying it's okay no i just think it gets a bad rap for how effective it is sometimes but it but it is an effective treatment for certain ailments i suppose yeah, yeah. Um, I don't understand why. I know it's weird. Nobody really understands why. They wonder if it like refire, like rewires some like pathways. Nobody really knows why, but it is effective. Who discovered it though? I don't know. You should know that, babes. I mean, I you know, you I'm just gonna continue talking about ghosts, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know the history of it, but every time I think about it, it is. It's super interesting, but like. Honestly, like my favorite film ever is Shutter Island. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Honestly, that's such so interesting. I think we use that in that as well. But I think it, I think it, you know, and I can understand why it's controversial and stuff like that. Sorry, I just like plug this Stephen. Is it Stephen? Who who does that one? Martin Scorsese's. What a fantastic film! But um, <laughs> what a fantastic film! Everybody watch it. But um, I'm glad you're not plugging a bit. It's a nice change. I know, I know, I know. But like, um, no, like I, I can understand why it gets a bad rap and stuff like that because it is, it's portrayed as being very barbaric, as you say, and stuff like that. But um, if it's effective, then you know, whatever, it's doing its job, isn't it? So absolutely, and I think like back in the day, you were held down, you had someone shoved in your mouth against your like. Mm. It's not like that nowadays. So back in the day, totally. Um, oh, so you. basically, because of all this, it was rightfully closed down. Um, mm-hmm. and it had a few owners since then, and one considered turning it into a maximum security prison the neighbors were like no not then it was going to be converted into apartments but then the investors were like no No, the owner wanted to turn it into like an arts and worship center and construct the largest status of jesus in the whole world uh and he tried to to crowdfund that and shockingly did not raise the 12 million dollars they needed to do that he only raised 3,000, which is actually more than he probably should have. Uh, oh, and then since you. then, it's been owned by people who want to conserve the property conserve conserve its history. But all in all, 63,000 people died in Waverly Hills. <gasps> That's loads. All in all. At the height of tuberculosis? Tuberculosis? <laughs> Turning <into> Sean Connery. <laughs> tuberculosis. <laughs> um, at the height of infection rates, a patient died every hour. Which is wild. Um, records were really poorly kept because, really hauntingly, their staff kept dying from TB because they had no protection. Um, patients at some points were like subjected to abuse, experiments, unethical procedures, neglect. And just before I move on to the ghost, I just want to take a moment to give respect to the people who died there in a place they were supposed to be looked after. Because when you read about it, especially as somebody in the you know Caden field, it's just it's awful. It shouldn't have happened. So. All mm. respect to the people who passed away. Um, from the early 2000s onwards, the once really lovely Gothic ar- architecture building was completely derelict, covered in vandalism. 
Now it's notorious for being one of the most haunted locations, not only in the US, but the world. Are we ready for scary shit? My God, I'm gagging for let's go. Right. The first one, just to add, this is actually one of the least scary. So I'm starting off a team. So the first ghost is a little girl ghost. (laughs) Just just to creep us all out. She's been running around the old hospital. Um, in the building that was the old two-story hospital. Not a huge amount is known about her, but she is seen skipping and running about um, what was the old second, third floor. Um, she's particularly prevalent around the solarium, so people wondered, is she an old patient that got treatment there? But she's well, definitely not thought to be harmful, and she seems quite happy wandering about. Um, there's also a little boy ghost, just to add to that creepiness, so he can be seen... Similarly to the little girl, he's kind of seen running about and playing. He tends to kick a ball. And I know that some people who have gone on investigations there have brought a ball and it has moved and stuff. Not a huge, again, known. uh, But creepy to see a little boy kicking a ball. So there's also a chef ghost. So like I said, one of the mainstays of the treatment of TV at the time was like this healthy diet. And they have these chefs and cooking these really healthy meals. And a man with a chef's white coat has been seen hard at work in what was once the kitchen. So he's been seen kind of like wandering busily between derelict chairs, broken tables. And there'll be like an open roof that's leaking. But he moves about like he's still cooking. And whenever he appears, you can smell freshly baked bread. So it's like he's cooking bread. What a babe. What I know, a babe. I like, oh, she smells so Florida. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm right into my house. I'm trying to sell it. I know I keep saying that in every episode, but... Baked bread. Baked bread make it smell amazing. But people hear his footprint, footprints, footsteps kind of yeah. scurrying about like a chef would do. And he kind of runs and opens and closes the kitchen door quite often. Like this, like this. Exactly like that, Lauren. And have you considered a career in ASMR? No, but I will today. <laughs> Perhaps later. <laughs> We're moving Sorry. into scarier territory. Right, okay, go. So, they're obviously as loads of kind of doctors and nurses seen that once looked after the patients here in the building and what's really important that like I didn't realize is that patients stayed there for years like they could live there for like 25 years some of them so you really build a like it's like it's like a family like you'd build a relationship with these patients and likewise with your doctors and nurses so it's not surprising to like see the staff that are kind of still there at work um but the most, you know, heartbreaking story is the one of a female nurse who took her own life in the hospital. She was 29. So it was in 1928. She found herself pregnant and unmarried. And she was therefore legally referred to as a spinster. And she was beginning to get completely shunned from society. And then the story goes actually that she ended up contracting TB from work. And this was pushed her to the limit and she ended up hanging herself from a light fixture in one of the rooms called like room 502 it's called which is the most paranormally active room in the whole whole place right um, not to run anyone down but is this the girl that had the affair with the doctor no don't think so i've not heard of that one all oh, right okay that's fine sorry on you go i don't think she did um but she was found by somebody i think a maintenance worker or something like that and he came out the left and found her hanging from the light fixture but really really sad um there's also a legend of another another nurse taking her own life that she jumped from the rooftop patio um 
not much else really is known about that, but there's some speculation that she was actually pushed and didn't jump. Not good. Awful. Awful. It's just going to get worse. So (laughs) just prepare yourself, hun. So like I mentioned, that um, nurse that hung herself, it was in room 502. So this is apparently the most paranormally active part of the whole hospital. Um, Doors slam violently. And I don't think this presence that I'm talking about is this nurse. I don't think that is her. I just think it happens to be active. Um, Objects are thrown across the room, like bricks and everything like that. People have been slapped. So maybe this is the Zach Bagans one, now that you're saying that. Mm, There's definitely an episode of Ghost Adventures where Zach, I know because they're always for slipping themselves into like, you know how they always like, you know the death shoots that they have in these sort yeah. of hospitals. I remember like, that was the episode where they had like, somebody slipped into a death shoot or whatever and I was like, that was really, really hills one. But there's definitely an episode and I will find it after we've finished speaking tonight where Zach has gone downstairs and I swear to God and they swear to God too um, there's like a hand that like, comes out and reaches for Zach and it's like this mad ghost hand and I'm not joking, I was like, pure, that is the best evidence of ghosts I've ever seen or whatever. It was honestly scary as anything. And I think it's the Waverly Hills hospital. Mm, I'm sure it is. People have been slapped. They feel like they're hit by people they can't see. Shadow figures are often seen in this room. We can see, like, run between the doorways. So volunteers that worked on restoring Waverly Hills had reported that they had seen lights walking through the building when nobody was meant to be in it. It's completely locked up. They had bricks thrown at them. Terrifying shit. Sounds demonic or dark, at least to me, like a malevolent entity. Um, Definitely. 3,000 people have passed on in that venue. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's going to kind of like... That's going to have some energy. Yeah. So much. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, like I said, doctors and nurses uh, can often be seen kind of running around the hospital in kind of a residual way. Um, They don't definitely don't seem to, like, cause harm or any worry in anyone, but they're kind of dark silhouettes um, that run past. And I was actually just reading people's, like, TripAdvisor reviews and stories online about when they visited. And this person who is on AmericanHauntingsInc.com was like on this kind of ghost tour and I think a little bit sceptical and he or she or they reported seeing a doctor in a kind of old-fashioned coat walk past the doorway and then just disappear and they were like what the fuck but it was unmistakably like a doctor coat um some patients like I said were at the sanatorium for absolute years so the relationships that were built like must have been meaningful in some way um, so they can be seen doing their old jobs experimental treatments were done like I said in sanatorium but um, I think as much as they were maybe doing the best of what they had at the time, there must be something from that. There must be some energy from that. So now you mentioned it. It's famous in Waverly Hills. The body mm-hmm. suit, the death tunnels. Yep. I don't know why I can't say my THs today. <laughs> death tunnels. Death. It's the death tunnels, isn't it? It's the death tunnels. It's, do you know what it is? It's probably because I've been with my niece and I've been talking like Mr. Tumble. I know you said that earlier. It's so lovely. Oh my God. Um, So what is this horrendous thing if you've not heard of it? So Waverly Hills has a 500 plus feet long concrete tunnel underground, which sounds like the absolute worst fucking thing in the whole world. So apparently it was initially built to transport supplies and coal, which is a good idea to keep things warmer, to enter the hospital in winter, like 
less cold to the staff. But eventually it did become a place to transport bodies for mass burial or cremation. Um, and it was because there was fears of just from the sheer amount of corpses that, you know, were was happening because it was so bad at the time, mm-hmm. like so much death. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm so eloquent with my words. It was so bad. Time. So bad. So much death. So bad. So oh much death. Um, but yeah, obviously so many people were dying that they were worried that current patients would see it and it would bring fear. And they were very big on like holistic care. Like I said, that diet, the sunshine. So like the mental health of patients was also an important part of recovery, if you could, from TV. So um to for order them in order for them to heal properly, the death tunnels became the death tunnels, like we said. Oh, so they basically transported bodies to the mortuary there, or they would mass bury them, or they'd mass cremate them. Um another interesting thing was when World War Two happened, they were really scared of airstrikes or being bombed. So they're also like, we can use this as an air raid shelter if anything was to ever happen, which I think is quite cool. Um so like I said, there were some rash surgeries going on that probably shouldn't have been going on. Um, so there's a surgical room or an operating theatre that was once, um, you know, obviously to, to take lungs and deflate them and shit like that. Um, but I've got a really good photo that I post on Instagram of like the old operating room and it was functional and then what it looked like when it was abandoned. It's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So the Ghost Adventures episode on this, which is a really good episode, they interviewed like Kentucky-based paranormal investigators who reported being violently attacked by a very dark entity in this room. So he left, and there's photos of it with like scratches, bruises. It drew blood from him. And during the investigation, they caught an EVP of whistling, and then Ghost Adventures also caught whistling in that room. It's really weird. Oh my god! Um, and when people have been on ghost tours in this room, the spirits in this room would communicate, particularly using flashlights. I just think it's so interesting because remember when we were talking about the volunteers that were working at like conserving the property, seeing flashlights yeah. when he was in the building, like they must just like to communicate with them. So mm-hmm. loads, of, loads of like TripAdvisor reviews, loads of stories say that like if you bring a flashlight, they will use it to communicate with you, like yes or no. And it appears like it is happening quite consistently from people. So hopefully that's not the dark people come to. But this brings me nicely on to the shadow people of Waverly Hills, which is what it's most known for. They're seen all the time. A brief kind of synopsis about shadow people, um, although they are spoke a lot about in this kind of field, there's a bit of a discussion uh-huh. on what they actually are. Some people feel like they are demonic. Some people think that they've like, therefore never walked our world as a human, but some people believe they're, they are human. That have passed on. Some people believe that it's just that dark, evil side of human that humans that have passed on. But either or, shadow figures are terrifying. They're seen a lot in Waverly Hills and it's known for its shadow peeper. peepers. <laughs> shadow peepers. It is known for its shadow peepers. Is that peepers? Uh, <laughs> you'll see why I said that in a minute because the absolute most terrifying shadow person of Waverly Hills is the mm-hmm. infamous creeper of Waverly Hills. It's high as tight. It's six foot long. Oh, this is the big guy. Mm-hmm. No, that's Roy from another place. Are you thinking right, of the guy okay. with gigantism? Yes. yes. So, what's the other joint I'm thinking of then? Because that's the other where the hand was. That's another hospital. I can't remember what it is called. 
It's the an episode of Ghost Adventure. I watched that. It's the one after Waverly Hills. <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a messy bitch. But like, basically, right? I'm gonna do that. He was a gentle giant. Roy was a gentle giant. He was, he was. But for ghost ghost hunter fans, there's a really, really good like they've they've caught him him on um mm-hmm. was it like on camera a few times. No, no, no. I think it's somebody that owns the joint or whatever took a picture of him. But I've seen that. I've different. definitely seen the photo. Yeah, that you're talking about. Pure this, this is not like that. So it's six right, okay, long, dark, <gasps> dark, crawly. So sometimes it's completely crumpled over on the ground. And no. people have spoke about like kind of walking into a room thinking nobody's there and thinking somebody kind of left a bin bag. And then it kind of uncrumples and becomes the creeper. Oh, no, thank you. I'd kick it. Right. So it is really well known, but it's very rarely seen. And people who do see it have this kind of feeling of impending doom before it comes. Holy shit. I thought I knew everything about Waverly Hills and clearly I don't. Terrifying. Uh, So people have this like fear and knowing that something's wrong before they see it. The figure's known for crawling motions, so it will climb up the walls. It's seen climbing up the ceiling. But often it will crawl across the floor towards you. No. I know. Awful. And it is felt that this creeper is demonic. It does feel inhuman to most people who have encountered it. And there's a real long-standing fear of witnessing the creeper because he is seen to be a bad omen. What? (laughs) It's a bad bad (laughs) omen. Um, but, yeah, there is actually like if you YouTube the creeper, there's loads of videos online that people have. Is there? Yeah, yeah. The key- so the creeper of Waverly Hills. Right, I'm going to be googling that shit tonight because I am yes. so far away from my house. I can totally Google sub. I could Google anything tonight and get away with it. Yeah, because I'm in Maloka. Well, that actually- brings me to the end of Waverly Hills. Thank God for that. Oh. <gasps> It's so scary, by the way. Honestly, like I, you know, I honestly thought I was like researching for it at night, and I actually I had to stop. I was no wonder. And what was really weird was when I was typing, it might be nothing, right? But when I was typing about the flashlights, my yeah. lady lights kept turning themselves on and off. <gasps> I know. Not can't do that. I know. So I was just like, I'm going to nip this shit in the bud, call it a day, and mm-hmm. do it daylight. Yeah, I think any researching that we do for episodes, we have to do in daylight because honestly, yeah. like my house has become a creep for creepy, creepyville. Yeah, and like, yeah, and but only when we record, it seems. Only well, I have to say, like the night there, I was preparing to go away in my holiday to Maloka. How do you say Menorca? Is it Menorca, Maloka, <laughs> Mallorca? Right. So now that we're in Mallorca, I was getting myself <laughs> organized for that. And um, honestly, there was like so many weird things happening in the house. And I was like, this has never happened before. It must be something to do with like Olivia and the podcast and stuff like that. So I'm not taking the blame. That's the podcast. Yeah, it's all your fault, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of spooky stuff happening in the house, as I've mentioned before. But um, I can understand why you want to research during the day because honestly, it's so scary to do these types of things. At night, yeah, it was really creeping me out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just found like researching like all the dark stuff that was just nah, that was not for me. I knew about the I knew about the um the nurse and stuff. Like that. I think I, I think that must be that like her killing herself and stuff like that. But I didn't know about a lot of the other things. So thank you so much for bringing this to the table so we can discuss it further. Absolutely, it was a really interesting one to research, and 
yeah, such a cool one. But hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm sure they did. Fantastic. And we will be back next week for a new case. It's going to be a surprise, Lauren. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to keep it to myself. It's going to be a pure mad episode. It's going to be something very, 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 very niche, uh, but also very interesting. So I'm going to get it all sorted out. As soon as I come back over from Maloka. Um, yeah, it's going to be really good, guys. So tune in Can't for that wait. next week. Can't wait. Um, as always, follow us on our socials at Is This Place Haunted Podcast on Instagram. Also, we have mm-hmm. started making hilarious TikToks, so follow us on there. So funny, so funny, so funny. Honestly, yeah, follow us, rate us, and we look forward to speaking to you and letting you listen to us. Thank you so much, guys. We will see you next week, and hopefully today's episode is not too spooky. Lauren's going to go and get steaming. I'm going to go and pack my bag for work. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.